Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast. And I steal it back. Welcome to the eighth episode of the first season of Leverage called The Bank Shop Job. Beth, what did you think? I actually love this episode. I honestly, if this, if this had been my introduction to this show, I would have been sold immediately. Yeah. This is great. This is, this is exactly what I want out of this show. Yeah. It's like, it's fun. It's lighthearted. It's, it's complicated enough that you're kind of like not sure how they're going to get out of it. Yeah. But it's not so complex where it's like BBC Sherlock levels of like, they don't actually know how they got out of it. There's really good humor. There's good pacing. They're like the actual like villain. Oh my God. I hate that man. You know With how- a burning passion. I would kill him with my bare hands for legal reasons. That is a joke. However. <laughs> you know how Ooh. I was saying a couple of weeks ago, there was a character that they wanted to establish like immediately as a bad guy. So they had someone slap her. This is the bad guy. Yeah. Like, you know how it's like he slaps her on the ass and then there's another thing. The oh. other thing is the joke of like, oh, that's a shame. Does she have the a younger, younger sister? sister? I... Okay, so (laughs) I used to work in fast food, right? And there was this instance, and there was a lot of instances with gross men, Mm -hmm. just generally. As any woman who has worked in fast food can tell you, as anyone really probably in fast food can tell you, they're always gross. And in this instance, a team member was stocking the drinks fridge. So they're bending over, you know, picking drinks up out of the crate and lifting them into the into the fridge because that's just the movement that you do. And anyway, I'd served this guy and he had bought a drink. And so I called out to my team member, hey, X, Y, Z, do you mind jumping out of the way so that this gentleman can get his drink? They go, oh, no worries. And the guy goes, oh, don't worry about it. I was just enjoying the view. My team worker was 15 15 and that man could have been her fucking grandfather and that is the vibe that this episode gave me i wanted to murder him on sight no questions asked i need to know nothing else about his personality in terms of morals gaslighting the hell out of the judge and framing him for like something he didn't commit oh Oh, morally abhorrent, but he fucking (laughs) deserved it, man. Honestly, karma? Yeah. Karma. Yeah. That's that's all I'm going to say. They did such a brilliant job of making this guy super-duper unsympathetic that when they've, like, basically turned him kind of insane because, like, you know, all of the evidence points to him being the one who held the bank robbery versus he didn't actually have really much to do with it until the last bit yeah yeah they like you you kind of forgive them for doing it because you're like oh yeah he's like he's a shitty fucking dude i don't give a shit the mental trauma they're putting him through yeah because he's a fucking asshole he fucking deserves it like honestly and like do you know what's really funny this is how i know that i hate this man so much is because my first thought at the start of this episode was oh no Nate's wearing another dumb fucking hat. <laughs> that means he's going to be acting, quote unquote. Yeah. I'm doing lots of air quotes you can't see. Uh, and I was like, I am not looking forward to this. And then I was immediately distracted from that and I no longer cared because I hated that other man so much. He distracted me from Nate's ugly hat. And bad Which answer. we have established is something that I fixate on like no tomorrow. <laughs> 
That's how much I hated this man. For me, it's the lighting. For her, it's the bad hat. <laughs> it's just the, the ugliest hats. Where do they fucking find them? Oh, anyway, not the point of this. Though, while we are talking about the bank robbery, mm-hmm. in direct contradiction to Supernatural... This is a bank robbery! This is a bank robbery! <laughs> I also loved that, yes. <laughs> Look, at least they're up front. Yeah, right? He's like, you know, he's not trying to hide it. Yeah. He's onto it. Yeah. He's onto it. Oh, one small criticism. Yeah. I didn't love the use of slow motion in the scene where Nate is like scanning the room and like, I Mm. feel like it, I feel like the scene dragged out for too long. And if they just hadn't done the slow motion and done it in like real time, it would have been like, oh, okay, you have enough time to understand what he's seeing. He is seeing that there's like a sweaty, nervous person and they've got like a gun and like whatever. That's enough context. And, like, clues. the su- subtle, su- like, cueing to, like, yeah. Sophie of, like, let's get out of here, like, yeah, something yeah, bad's yeah. about to come And, down, like, like, the guard kind of catching yeah. on to, like, you could do all of that in real time, yeah. and it would still be enough for, yeah. like, you to generally, as an audience, have a go, oh, I understand what's going on here. But also, it would be, it would seem a lot quicker, so you'd actually be, like, oh, you'd respect Nate more for, like, doing really it? quickly yeah. drawing those conclusions. I think just because it's sort of, not only is it the slow-mo, but they keep yeah. cutting back and forth from the clues to his face, and it just makes it feel even longer. Yeah. And it's, it kind of, like, feels like it's taking him a while to put the pieces yeah. together. And for me, I was just sitting there like, dude, like, chop, chop. Yeah. Like, you know, time is kind of of the essence here, yeah. buddy. <laughs> like, you know, so I feel like that's probably my only real criticism of the entire episode yeah. is just that. Mon- not montage, but like that weird sequence of scenes yeah. where it was like slow and unnecessary. I was kind of yeah. like, you, you could. And mind you, this that. episode also has the first ever instance of the ninja Mega zoom. zoom. <laughs> Four zooms smashed together, all to close up from the briefcase to Elliot holding the binoculars. Do you know what is the funniest fucking thing though? Is it does not look like the briefcase is that fucking far away from him like my note on that was like elliot do you really need binoculars to see 50 meters in front of you mate i think you should have gone to spec savers like <laughs> here's the thing he actually does have glasses oh yeah he wears like, them for his like little little and he's pretending to be it men and stuff yeah like he does actually he does have glasses well he should have gone to spec savers because they got his prescription wrong he needs new contacts if he needs fucking binoculars to see that far ahead of him mm. He needs stronger, stronger glasses. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, okay. This is a complete diversion. Okay, yeah. We're not talking about That's okay. any of the characters. They mentioned that it is 107 degrees. Yeah. And how that is disgusting. And it's oh like my God, everyone's, everyone's dying. And I just Googled it. It is 41.6 degrees Celsius. Oh, higher than I thought. Now, let me fucking tell you. If you're telling me... Who lives... Isn't it hard if goes like, who would live where it gets to 107 degrees? Yep. Let me fucking tell you. My roommate is currently in the NT. And uh, it's routinely like near on 50 degrees Celsius up it's, that way. The NT is slightly different though because <laughs> it is technically tropics. So a lot of the times it's a really humid heat. Mm. Whereas it looks like they're more... Desert sort of located, which is dry heat, which is more with in line with what you get down. But if we okay, if we the tropic, if we have a heat wave, yeah, yeah, right. If we have a heat wave, it's more like a week or so of like forty five degrees plus. Yeah, 
For those people who do not know what 45 degrees Celsius is, it's 113 degrees Fahrenheit. And I would say that probably the hottest temperature that I've had it get to, like, locally, mm-hmm. is what, like, 48, 49? Yeah. Which is 118.4 degrees Fahrenheit, or 120.2. So if you're telling me that you can't fucking live in 41 degree heat for, like, two weeks, motherfucker, honestly... <laughs> Like, I get it. If you aren't used to it, it's horrible. Yeah. But, like, also... To be fair, though, Australia also has the hottest recorded temperature in the world. We also have fucking the worst insulation. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Hold on the kettle fish. While we're talking about that scene, though... Yeah. Parker has that line where, where he's like... Uh, Hardison's like, oh, it took me like an hour to stream the latest Doctor Who, yeah. And then Parker goes, illegal downloading is wrong, and immediately lights the fucking papers alight. I know. But when she said that, piracy, it's a crime. (laughs) You wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't steal a television. You wouldn't download a movie. I just literally, I was like, piracy, it's a crime. (laughs) <laughs> also, okay, quick question. Who do yeah. you think Hardison's favourite doctor is? Ooh. To be fair, I when this was airing, I think of the reboot, I think they were only on like Tenant. Yeah, I was gonna say it would have to be it would have been Tenant at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So like But like if 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 oh, all I of them I Tenant was my doctor. Yeah. Like the first who when I got into Doctor Who, that was who was like it was Ten who was at the time. And so I have a soft spot. Mm. I like to think that it would probably be the same for Hardison. Mm. I think he would love Eccleston, though. Mm. Well, see, because I'm an Eccleston girl. Yeah. Eccleston is my favourite. I Mm -hmm. wish he'd gotten, like, an extra season or two. Because I think... He just has, like, a different vibe. Yeah. His vibe is impeccable as the Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I just thought I would ask and see if you had any, like, headcanons as to who Hardison's favourite Doctor was, but yes, no, I kind of, I kind of hope it's Tennant, but I also kind of think Eccleston fits the vibe. I feel like Smith doesn't quite... No, I don't think Smith is really Hardison's vibe. Yeah, I think he's, like, the, a little too goofy. Yeah. I think Hardison would prefer the, like, quick wit sarcasm yeah. of Eccleston or, or Tennant. Yeah. And Tennant's got that little bit more goofiness than... Oh, I don't know, because Eccleston's still pretty goofy. Yeah. It's just in different facets. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, this is unimportant. <laughs> Actually, we do get a lot of really fun, like, little bits of information about the characters in this episode. Um, yeah, so much fun character information in this episode. Um, I noted down that Nate is even more of a fucking control freak than I thought. That part where he's literally like, we have to be the police. I'm like, literally, no, you don't. <laughs> you, you could just let the police do their job. Like, you could just do that. I think the whole idea, though, is this <laughs> is a town where not having the police in control creates another unknown mm. variable factor because the police in this town have never had to deal with a fucking bank robbery before. Yeah. Like, they don't know what they're doing, which mm. makes them dangerous, which is why. Which brings me to potentially my fucking favourite thing this episode. Yeah. Hardison and Parker, FBI. I... Yeah. Adore. So this is the second time we've seen Hardison and Parker FBI. Uh Uh-huh. My favourite thing that this episode introduces, right, is the binder of badges. 
They have a whole fucking folder of just like fake badges they've fucking made. Way more organized than Supernatural, where they just have it in the glove box. Like, mm, which one do we want today? Yeah. Um, I also love that Parker's like, this is a 42 second job. Yeah. And Hunter's like, what do you 42 mean? seconds. She's like, yeah, I would rob this place in 42 seconds. These guys are useless. <laughs> She's so judgmental. And her face when Nate's like, Parker, have you ever robbed a bank that's in the middle of being robbed? She She's, looks like it's fucking I Christmas. know. She's just like, all my birthdays just happened at once. And I killed my father a second time. <laughs> like, she is pumped. Yeah. She's like... Yeah. She's thrilled. And I love that. And I also love... We got a really, like, nice moment for Parker in this episode where, like, she's getting the money from that guy. Yeah. And he's, like, trying to, like, impart on her the importance of, like, don't fucking run away with this money because he doesn't trust her because she's a thief. Where I'm like, bro, like, honestly, let's restructure your morals real quick. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so... And she has this moment where she's like, I understand. She's like, sometimes... I wrote it down, actually, because I really liked it. Sometimes the only good guys you have are the bad guys? Is that what she's Sometimes saying? bad guys are the only good guys you get. That's the one. Which I just found my note. Yes. I actually really kind of becomes it. the thesis statement for the entire show. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. And I liked that when she said that, like, you could see that he was like, okay. And, like, he was like, all right. Like, he that's what gave him yeah. the faith. Because he was like, oh, okay. She... Like we have, we have an understanding yeah. here. Like she's actually, yeah, morally in the right, even yeah. though by law, legally she's in the wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which yeah is is the whole point of the show. Yeah. And I just thought it was a really lovely moment where he, you sort of see this like relief come over this yeah. guy's face, and he just grins while he's crying because yeah. like he's just in this impossible situation, and he's like, he's like, oh thank God, someone's someone is actually going to get me out of this. Yeah. And he, like, believes it in that second. And I just thought it was a really lovely moment. And it was nice that it came from Parker because oftentimes Parker's character, like, is not the she greatest. To connect <laughs> with people. Yeah, like, when she straight up told the bridesmaid yeah. that they were fat in yeah. the wedding job. Yeah, and it's kind of like, mm. But this moment, it was just, like, she just said exactly what he needed to hear. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was beautiful. It was lovely. Yeah. Also, I just really genuinely love that shot. Like, the re- shot, reverse shot yeah. of her and, like, and then her perspective looking out at mm-hmm. him. I think that's really well done. I really I've, I really enjoy that shot. Yeah. And it helps that she has, like, the briefcase and she's just sort of, like, leaning yeah. with her hands. Like. And it's kind of cool because it, like, because of the enclosed space, mm. it kind of frames the shot as, like, a close-up without it being a real close-up. Yeah. Like, because it's not, it's not a super close-up. No. It's just... It's just that because there is, like, an enclosed space and so there's nothing going on, like, yeah. around them, mm. the only thing to look at is their face. And so it feels like... Yeah. It gives you a really clear focal point without being like, oh, this is a focal point because we're so zoomed in. The only thing on screen is, is their, their face. face. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was really, really nicely done, actually. I, I do really love this episode. And it has, like, a whole bunch of, like, really fun little Easter eggs in it, if you know, like, what you're looking for. Mm. So I think I might just rattle off a couple of them real quick. Are these you. ones that I'll understand or are these ones that no, I... No, these ones are ones that I'll explain to you because they're reoccurring jokes that will come through the seasons. Okay, got you. So the first one is she talks about the safe. It's a Glenn Reader safe. Okay. Glenn Reader safes pop up a lot. Okay. You know how... Is it just, like, like a Fisher and Paykel, like, fridge? Like, is it no. just a brand or... no. So, it, it is just the brand of safe. This is not a sponsored podcast. No. Because there's no brand of safe called Glen, Re- Glen Reader. Oh. It's a mashup of two of the writer names. 
Oh, got you, got yeah. you. So they, they were like, well, we need a safe company name. Mm. So they just like smash their names together and it reoccurs like quite often through the series, okay. which is a really fun like little tidbit. Okay, cool, yeah. Um, The scene where Aldous Hodge is as Hardison is like, they want this many pizzas. This, I fucking that, love that, that. that. I want your overalls. I don't know why. <laughs> and that's just sketch. Someone likes the squiggle. Yeah. That was all improv. I love that. Also, they do acknowledge the fact that the phone call is way too short to get all of those demands out of Yeah, literally. The phone call is like 30 seconds long. Not even. And then he's going on for like five minutes about uh all the shit they want. Right. I actually love that scene. The fact that that is improv makes me so happy. I Honestly, everything about Sophie and Nate, I'm still confused by. Yeah. I still don't love Nate, but everything I learn about Parker Hardison and Elliot, I'm like, I love these three. You know that scene from Brooklyn Nine-Nine where Rosa has that puppy and yeah. she's like, this is Arlo and if anything happens to him, I will kill everyone in this room and then myself. Yeah. That's how I feel about Parker Hardison and Elliot. I love them. They're just so, they're like my little beans. Yeah. I will protect them at all yeah. costs. Yeah. Um, Nate and Sophie are there. Yeah. But I will protect those three yeah. at all costs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's 100% the vibe of watching Leverage. Yeah. Um, like, Nate got shot, and I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and Elliot literally says, you're acting like you've never been shot before, which, given Nate's personality, I doubt. Also, we know for a fact is not true, because he has been shot before. Sophie literally fucking shot, shot him. Because that's her entire introduction scene in the pilot. Yeah. Oh, can we please take a moment to appreciate Sophie's fucking sass? When Nate's like, something weird is going on here. And she's like, oh, you noticed that too, did you? And she's like, on the fucking floor, like, in a hostage situation. Oh, so fucking funny. Oh, yeah. And I noticed something. Ooh. Right? It's not important. I said that, like, it's a really vital piece of information. It's not. Um, So, in the, like, entire, like, intro sequence, Nate has that stupid fucking stick in his mouth. That he's, like, chewing on. Yeah. When... It's like the they were like, oh, it's the robbery or whatever. Yeah. He let it fall out of his mouth. And I just thought that was very funny because it was like, oh, he lost concentration. That's where the, he slipped. He fucked up. He dropped his little stick. Yeah. And I'm like, I realized that it's because they just could not feasibly have him chew it the whole episode. <laughs> but it was just gone. And I was like, that is on the floor somewhere, no, he, like, he like tosses it in. Does like, he? And then like, I want your watches, your wallets, everything. He like, he takes a stick and he tosses it. And then he, he's like, I'm not giving you my shit. So he can like grabs a watch from somebody else and like tosses it into the pile. Like, uh, I'm doing my bit. Oh God. But yeah, no, the fact that the stick is just gone, I'm like, <laughs> it's just on the floor now. Yeah. Uh, oh, before we move too far on from yeah. it, I forgot to mention when we were talking about Parker Hardis and FBI. Yeah. Um, the part where the cop is like, we're going by the book. And he's like, this guy went to a seminar. And he's like, it was an online seminar. So we fucking got funny. So fucking funny. It's 100% how I feel when I'm like, I'm like at uni or something. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I've completed this course. And they're like, congratulations. You're now qualified to like do this. And I'm like, I don't feel that qualified. <laughs> Like, when you do, like, a CPR course, and then I'm like, technically, I, I'm qualified to do CPR. Yeah. But I really hope I'm never in a situation where I have to do CPR. Like, I guess no one really wants to be in a situation where they have to do CPR. But, like, that's kind of... Yeah. I was like, I want to 100% understand the emotion that is going through you right now. But also, Hardison doing the full, like, the book got a good man killed. And it's like, my blood pressure, I got... And then... <laughs> 
Booker comes across and she's like, oh, partner, don't ask. Yeah. Don't mention Booker again. And then and she turns around and she comes back and she goes, all repellers. Hilarious. Like, I just, it's so fucking funny. Oh, my God. And when they're talking about, like, the, they're like, oh, like, the SWAT team or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we don't really have a SWAT team. But Virgil up there is a real good shot. And Virgil's like, hey, I got it. Virgil reminds me of Ron. Yeah. 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 Look, I feel like this might be a short episode for us just because this episode is, like, so good. And if we went for too long, it's just because we're, like, listing all of these little fucking character moments that are just, like, real fun. What we've learned doing this podcast is that episodes that are easy to talk about for a long time are usually worse. Yeah. Because you you have things to discuss. The episodes that are good is just us going back and forth going, I love this. I love this. I love this. Me too. Same. And then there's like no discussion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also fun little fact about this episode. Mm. You know how they're like, oh yeah, the bank was built before this. The night shoot's going to be larger. Yeah. False. No, no bank ever... Oh, that's kind of fun. Like, that's just something they made up. That's funny because, like, it logically would make sense. Yeah, so they have um, things that they do that fall into two categories. Yeah. They have, they call them either orange boxes Mm -hmm. or they, or they call them um, ledgers. So orange boxes are things that don't seem true but actually are. Like the fact that the black box on a plane is actually orange. Yeah. And then there's things that sound like they could be true. But, but I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Like the night deposit chute being larger than normal to drop off the ledges. That's very clever though, because I would have just accepted that as point blank. Yeah. And not not even not even slightly based in factual reality. They just needed a way to be able to get park it into the bank. That's really funny. And they were like, well what if we did this? It sounds realistic enough. Yeah, it like, sounds like it could work. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Also, when Parker while we're talking about Parker. Mm. Parker explaining the story to the cops while she's, like, trying to distract them while Hardison's doing his, like, yeah. video editing thing. Yeah. And she just, like, forgets that she's meant to be pretending yeah. to be a cop. And, <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, and then I took out the guard. And, and like, then, like, the, the gunman? gunman? <laughs> she's like, yeah, that's what, what I, I said. <laughs> so fucking funny. I also love the, um, when Nate's, like, telling them to get out. Um, and Hardison's like, is he talking to us? And Parker goes... You mean us sitting in the unmarked van parked across the street from a bank that's getting robbed? Yeah, he's talking to us. And I was like, I love this. This whole situation is great. Actually, it's crazy. I I can't remember if you said it while we were recording or if it was just before. But you mentioned that um, this episode was like the second one they filmed. Yeah. So they filmed the pilot. And then when they got the actual order to go Go ahead with the season. Uh this was the first, like, main season episode they filmed. It is incredible to me that this is, the, like, because the chemistry yeah. of this cast yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. If This is, like, the second, like, I fully would have believed that they filmed this, like, at around, like, if they had filmed each episode in order. Yeah. I would have believed that this was, you know. Mid-season. Mid-season. Yeah. Because they, they just react off each other yeah. so well. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so... And, like, their char- characters are so well established. Yeah. Like, it... I remember you saying to me before I even started this, actually, or before I started watching, that each episode really is... Like, you can just watch it in almost any order yeah. you want. Like, there is an order, but you yeah. could really chop and change it a lot. There's a few episodes that it sort of matters what order you watch in. But they're few and far between. But they're... Like, they're, they're not that common yeah and i like i fully understand that now yeah like watching this and being like oh i would have happily assumed that this episode was like 
once they'd already been on for a season because yeah. like the relationship the chemistry yeah. the the ease with which they interact mm. with each other and the understanding that they all have mm. is already there and the characterization is so strong yeah. like it's just already and there. we are starting to get like a little bit more of like Nate and Sophie's backstory and that coming up as well yeah which is sort of like because you especially and justifiably so in the first few episodes you're like why the fuck does Sophie even try with Nate why like, yeah this is kind of why, because Nate, at the end of the day, they have a lot of history together. Mm. And, like, she's got this romanticised version of Nate in her head. Yeah. And then also, Nate's not going to leave her in a dangerous situation alone. Mm. Like, at the end of the day, he may be a bastard who puts other people at risk, but he yeah. never puts other people at risk without being willing to put himself in the same amount of risk. Yeah. Like, it's very different to, like, an army general being like, I'll send my troops into battle while I sit here in the control room very safe. He is... He... There are several episodes through the season where he gets called out for putting the team in risky situations. Yeah. And his defense of himself is always, but I would have put myself in the same situation. Mm. The only thing about that, though, is, like, you should not be able to decide what is an acceptable amount of risk for someone else. Yeah. Like, just because oh. you would comfortably do it does not mean anyone else would yeah. or should. Yes. Um, no. That's and the only thing there. That is a thing that does get dealt with over the seasons, but I think it is really interesting just to say, like, the reason why he can justify it to himself, mm-hmm. putting his team in these situations, is because he knows he would put himself in that position. Yeah. yeah. So he's sort of like, while it's not great... That he's willing to put his team at risk. Yeah. It is like at least it's not a case of he will oh, never I'll put, put them at risk, but I'm never gonna put myself at risk. Like yeah. he's not Speaking of putting yourself and your team at risk, I they okay, you know how a couple episodes ago I was talking about how Nate's always fucking yelling yeah. when he's got the little intel yeah. This episode the bank is dead silent. You can yeah. drop a pin in that room and hear it tinkle off the ground because no one's allowed to talk. Yeah. Right? Except Nate, who was yelling at this child, like, not at him, but, like, speaking like we are, like, yeah. loudly projecting, yeah. as it were. Acting. Acting. <laughs> because he's on the fucking internet. And Sophie is doing the same fucking thing on the other side of the room. If I was the fucking dickwad of a judge lying yeah. on the floor, I would just be listening to everything they're fucking saying. I'm like, you guys are not... Subtle. Like, I know we make a lot of fun of Sam in Supernatural about talking about credit card fraud in public. This is no different. I'm like, my dudes, you're not subtle. And the worst thing is they, like, they were very, like, aware and acknowledged at the start of the robbery. Yeah. And, like, there was specifically, like, Nate was talking to Hardison and he's like, yep, clearly I'm going to choose these two. Yeah, and that was really clever and really well done. Yeah, there's, like, two or three moments then later on in the episode where they just seem to forget that there are limitations on, like, how loud they can be. Yeah. Like... And, like, what they can say. And I, I fucking love Sophie explaining to, um, oh, God, is it, is it Dixon? Oh, uh, yeah, the father. Yeah. yeah. Like, explaining to him, like, what's going on. And he's like, I don't even, why would I trust you? I don't even know you. And, and she's like, I'm a thief. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know what to do with that information, which is so funny. I actually, I really want to briefly talk about yeah. the father-son yeah. in this episode. I just want to take a quick moment to... Be confused by something I see in the media a lot. Yeah. By the media, I mean, like, television shows. Yeah. Where someone has done a crime and someone else's life has been put at risk because of that. And then 
they just try to go and commit another different crime to fix the situation. Yeah. And this has always baffled me a little bit. Because at, at first watching this episode, I was like, okay, so your mother's been kidnapped and they're demanding $100,000 ransom. At this point, we don't know why she's been kidnapped. Yeah. They haven't explained it yet. And I was like, so you go to the police or you contact a lo- Like, you you don't just go rob a bank. That is not going to help you. Mm. And then you find out the reason he didn't do that is because he'd gotten swept up in, in the drugs yeah. and things. And I'm like, okay. Okay, so now I understand why you didn't do that immediately. Yeah. However, your mother's life is in imminent danger. Surely, surely alerting the authorities to get help to prevent your mother's imminent death is more important than the drug charge. Yeah. Like, that's the thing that always confuses me with with all... Like, this is not a criticism so, of this show. I think this in general. specifically, they do actually address that. And, like, the reason they didn't go to the cops is because they knew that the gangs would just straight up kill the mother if yeah. they got any word that the cops... So they're terrified Yeah. of, you know, like, they've got this fucking sliver of hope. It's a one in a million shot to mm. potentially save the mother. Yeah. And they just, like, they think their odds are drastically reduced if they go to the cops because yeah. as soon as the gang gets, gets any wind of yeah. the cops, especially considering they already think he's a snitch. Yeah. Because that's the whole reason the mother's been targeted because... Oh, it's because they, they think, think he stole the drugs. He stole drugs. the yeah. drugs. I was going to say, did they, they ever find out who stole the drugs? No. I think they actually said that they lost them in a sting operation. Oh. So they were stolen by an undercover cop. So they already think there are cops involved. Some, like the gang already suspects. Right. Like they don't actually know what's actually happening. Yeah. But they already suspect police involvement. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Because I was – this is just something that comes up in a lot of like TV yeah. shows and movies where I'm always like, okay, but you committed a crime. That yeah. crime got someone in, tr- in danger. Yeah. And your solution is to just commit more crimes. Yeah. I'm like, surely it is better to just admit to the original crime. I think there's also, like, the mentality of, like, oh, we're already in this deep, like... Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I just, like, I don't know. It's just something that always confuses yeah. me. And, again, this is not a criticism of the show. It's just, like, a thing that crops yeah. up a lot. Yeah. And, like, I understand being pushed into scenarios. Like, I would argue that, like, the vast majority of crime, particularly, like, petty theft and stuff, yeah. is people who are just put in what feels like an impossible situation and they feel like there is just no other avenue for them to, yeah. to explore. But, yeah, sometimes I'm just, like, watching media and I'm like, okay, but surely, like, surely there was a, another way you could have gone about this that wasn't just straight up, let's rob a bank. Yeah. In broad daylight. But that makes for a less interesting TV and, concept. Yeah, true, true. Um, although I will just quickly mention, despite all of that, Dixon is a good dad. Yeah. Like, he's a really good dad. Yeah. Like, he is there. He is, like, Judging trying Jessica to... Judging could never. Literally. Like, his kid is literally sitting there, tears running down his face because he's like, this is all my fo- fault, which, like, yeah, kind of yeah. is, like... Yeah, bro. That's... But also, like, the kids only miss like, like, 15. also a kid. Yeah. Like, so it's like, you know, you, you cut them a little bit of leeway. Not a lot. Because by 15, you're old enough to understand the consequences of your fucking actions. But, like, you know, they're still really young. Yeah. And scared and, like, all this yeah. stuff. And he's horrified and terrified. And he's, like, to his dad, he's like, I'm sorry. And it's like, that's never going to be, like, good enough because his mother might die. But it's also, like, the, the dad is just like... It's like, I've got you. 
Yeah. And like just and it's like I'm you know I'm also terrified and like and just gives him a hug and like yeah. doesn't say anything just like gives him a hug and lets the kid know like I'm not gonna like disown you like you know this is we're gonna we're gonna be okay we're gonna get your mother back like that support and I was like god damn I was like you're a good person I was thinking it's really interesting to look at the the different ways like Nate approach Nate and Sophie approach the robbers versus the way the judge approaches them mm. and like looking at that in contrast because the judge originally tries to like be like oh it's that easy I can give Bill a call he'll go away like he can mm. just walk out the fucking quote where he says the truth is what I say it is mm-hmm. fuck that guy he literally the and worst. it means that like him saying that sort of shit means that you completely understand when the bank manager Frank I love like, Frank. It happened exactly as they said. Yeah, I literally had a note about that, and it's just yeah, Frank in all capitals with an exclamation point. And then it's so funny. Did you notice in the background the like girl that like at the start he slapped on the ass, yeah. whatever goes, good job, Frank. I'm like she's like yeah, Frank. I was like yeah, Frank. Oh, I was pumped. Also, Frank has another brilliant line in this episode where Sophie's like, "I'm the branch manager," yeah. and he's like, "If she wants to hang herself, we'll let her do it." <laughs> Because, like, say, that is such a vibe. If I was at a bank robbery and I was the manager or whatever, and they were like, yeah, who's the manager to open the vault? And somebody else volunteered, I'm like, yeah, fucking do it. Mm. Like, I do not have the moral backbone to be like, oh, no, actually. Yeah. And I I do... So I loved the twist at the end where, like, because they mention it very at the start of the episode, they're like, oh, I wish we could do more than just bankrupt the guy because, like, he's such a tool. And I was like, yeah. Um, and so I did see it coming like a mile away, what they were going to do and yeah. like frame him for the whole thing. But it was really fun to watch it play out because mm. I, the good thing about this show is like, even if you see the like plot twist coming, mm. it's kind of more fun because you get to try and pick how they're doing it. Cause you know, they yeah. do the reveal yeah. at the end. So, you know, there are actually like visual clues that they have yeah. put into the episode and so you're that like can give watching. you hints about what technology they're using, what sort of. Yeah. And so like. By the time, by sort of, like, uh, when Hardison came in as, like, the FBI with, like, the pizza boxes, I was like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing. Yeah. He's using the pizza box as a way to bring the money in without it, like, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and then it was, he started to get down on his knees. I was like, oh, yeah, I, like, I see, I know what's yeah. happening. But because I already knew that I was like, they're going to try and frame him for everything because he's standing there. By the time he'd shot Nate mm-hmm. and he's standing there with the guns, I was like, oh, He's standing there. He's, he's got two guns. He's shot. He's, a hot he's yelling about like, needing the money, money or whatever. Yeah. No one liked him anyway. Yeah. Everyone will be on board with like yeah. lying because he had that whole thing yeah. about the truth is what I say it is, and he treated everyone like shit. Yeah, I was like, yeah, this is immediate. This is absolutely what you're going to do. Yeah, but it meant that like and also as hard as them all as little people. Yeah, what the fuck? Anyway. Um. So like you know, Hardison's like getting on his knees, and I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what's happening here, and. So it's really fun to be able to watch the scene and be like, I'm 99% sure I know what they're about to do and like watch it unfold and understand all the little bits. Cause yeah. usually if you don't know, you have to wait for them to explain all the little yeah. bits. Um, oh, and planning the drugs was yeah. a chef's kiss. Excellent it explains addition. All of the irrational behavior in that as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. And it's, oh, it gives, all this stuff, it's just perfect. And it also means they can send in the, like, gang that had the mom. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't implicate this, like, the um, son or anything yeah. at all. It's just, oh, it's beautiful. It's, they really tied it up with a neat little bow. They really, really did. And, like, it was great. I also 
uh, loved the fight scene with Elliot and the drug. Stay in the car! Stay in the car is the funniest. Because he, like, closes that door on him, like, three fucking times. And he's like, bro, take the hint. Like, stay in the fucking car. And he's already, like, uh, taken the ammo out of the gun and, like, thrown the gun through the window. Right, right. And the look on his face when he, like, throws it, he's like, ew. (laughs) Actually, I want to talk about Elliot in this episode. Yeah. Because I Oh, look, I'm always down to talk about Elliot. I love him. So yeah. much. Like, the bit when, like, the, it's all gone to shit and yeah. Sophie and Nate are stuck in the building. Oh, quick note. When Hardison is like, I don't understand. Why didn't he just get out? And she was like, and Parker's like, don't be stupid. Sophie was still in there. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a little bit cute. Yeah. I was like, I still don't understand it, but that was a bit cute. Yeah. Anyway, not the point. No. Elliot. So, and he, like, straight up walks straight past the police line and he's just talking. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy, police officer thinks he's talking Sergeant to him. Arnold. Yeah. He has a certificate because he went to a crisis <laughs> management seminar online. Oh. And I mean, magic kids come with certificates. Does that mean it's cool for people to sell the parents in half? <laughs> exactly. Um, but I just, I love, like, when he, the, he's just, like, straight up talking into thin air and the officer's like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> it's so funny like do you need me in there and he's like so you can't go in it's it and then he's like all right like you're cool boss or whatever and he's like thank you and it's so funny elliot in this whole episode is just a motherfucking vibe yeah. i love him i just mm, i love him i love hardison i love parker i love elliot i'm just like You're these characters, the characters now, yeah. these characters own me yeah. <laughs> like honestly they're so fucking good it's, yeah, and actually, right at the end, when they're, like, driving off and Dr. Elliot is stitching Nate up yeah. and, like, whatever, and they're, like, chatting. I love, like, Nate and Sophie are just, like, such proud parents yeah. in that moment. They're both just, like, our little babies, they really, they really stretched out their wings and they flew the nest today. And, like, even when they're in the bank, when they yeah. lose the comms, and they're, like, they're on their own, you know? And like, I was, like, yeah, and they're gonna go, like, they're gonna fucking shine. Yeah. Because they're excellent. Yeah, well, that's oh. the whole point. Like, they're all the best in their respective field. Yeah, right? Like, none of them is bad at their job. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. it's just, like, normally they don't work as a team, so they don't know how to work with other people. But, like, at this point of the series, they've been working together for, like, a couple of months. Which is why I was saying, like, yeah. it's shocking to me that this was the second one they shot. Yeah. Because it really feels so cohesive. Like, they have that dynamic. Yeah. They have, like, the team feels solid. In- like, Parker taking the badge and, like, throwing the binder at Hardison and Hardison automatically yeah. catching it. Like, like, just those little things that, like, it's stuff that usually comes from working in close quarters with someone for, yeah. like, a long period of time and having that, like, rapport and that friendship Yeah, as well. Like... It's like the difference between when you're talking to someone you don't really know and you have to talk in like complete mm-hmm. sentences and talking to someone you know really well and you both yeah. just stop halfway through the sentence and just start pointing at each other and go, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> like this we we've do. had to resolve for yeah. the podcast because unfortunately you, the audience, do not understand when we just stop pointing at each other and go, so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when we share a brain cell, we have to edit that out usually. <laughs> But rest assured, it does in fact happen. And it's, we do not have a complete brain cell. Each, we share one. It ping-ponged back between us. Every now and again, we get a fusion. <laughs> also, quick note. This note comes up a lot across both our pods. This is why there should be better gun regulation. Yeah. End of discussion. Uh, full stop moving on. Full stop moving on. Um, At the end of the episode, did you notice recurring characters? I wrote down LMAO. The actual FBI. Yeah. 
Yes. And it's the exact same FBI yes. they meet on the Moscone case. Exactly. It's perfect. Which still don't have fucking names. It's, I know, because I was like, wait, I know these guys. And you had said, like, oh, like, they get named at some point. And I was like, what are their fucking names? They didn't fucking tell us. I know. Well, I seriously thought we got names. Hilarious. When they're like, damn, we're good. <laughs> and they're like, put on the sunglasses. So fucking funny. Rest assured, they do come back. Oh, Again. Good. And they do get names, and I love them. These FBI characters are really kind of feeling to me like the leverage equivalent of Ed and Harry, the ghost faces for um, yeah. Supernatural, yeah. where they like kind of just show up and they're like, oh yeah, we're top shit, and it's like Sam and Dean have done everything, everything. but they'll take the credit with no problem. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's actually what, it happens a lot. Like, yeah. That is 100% the vibe, because like they're actual FBI, so they can actually make arrests. Yeah. Whereas, Alison Parker... A knock. Yeah. I do love, though, I did think it was really clever. I liked the fact that they were like, oh, the actual FBI is coming, so, like, this is not, this cover is not going to do well. We've got 45 minutes to get out of here yeah. before the actual FBI arrives. And, and it's like, we've, then we've got 45 minutes till we have to solve that problem. Exactly. But, you know, I really loved um, that their solution was basically like, oh... We've got to we've got to head off for another thing, but we've got another like team another team is going to come in to like fix this all up, and it's like yeah, perfect. Like it's such a simple so like it would never hold up no. IRL it never no. in a million years, but like for the purpose of the show yeah brilliant it's so simple there's no like convoluted you know big hoopla about it yeah. it's like oh yeah like we're heading off but like there's another team coming in don't worry also about it. considering it like their whole excuse for arriving so quickly was because they were just heading back from another thing they were just part of the fucking chupacabra just... <laughs> <laughs> that's adorable uh, I, I thought those were like only in legend urban legend uh. you're adorable see and this is why I love leverage episodes like this because like as yeah. we get through the seasons more and more episodes feel like this and less and less feel like something the pilot. like the pilot like yeah. There are occasionally episodes that do feel more like the pilot, where it's like, oh, you've shoved like four episodes into this one. But yeah. by the time you get to them, because we've established the characters better, they're not quite as jarring. Mm. Like, it makes sense for them to do it. And like, this one I think is really fun, because like, we come in at the end of the con. Yeah. Like, they're about to blow town. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's something we should actually probably discuss properly. Mm. When we come into this episode, they're, like, finished. They're finished. They've got the judge's money. They're about to basically, like, they've burned all their identities. They're about to get the hell out of Dodge. And mind you, the judge gets it completely wrong. He's like, oh, if you just disappeared with your money, my money, like, I would have hunted you down. Like, yeah. I would have found you. Yeah. And it's like, honestly, like, good fucking luck to mm-hmm. you, mate. Mm-hmm. But if it was stolen in a bank robbery, it's like. Yeah. It's so funny because it's kind of like, he's completely wrong, but also, like, he's got a good point. Yeah. Like, it. They never would have done it because it's, like, too much drama. Yeah. But, like, it, yeah, if, if it had been stolen, he wouldn't have been suspicious at yeah. all. Yeah. No. It's, like, way too risky. There's no reason to... Yeah. The, the pros do not outweigh the, the cons, cons in that of, situation. Yeah. yeah. So, like, honestly, they just... They had a situation and they had to run with it. But, like, also, like, yeah, their original plan was literally just to run away with yeah. the <laughs> Like, this plan ended up working out for way, them. way better for them. Yeah. But, like... They can't do shit like this for no reason. No, 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 no. This is just like you're presented with an opportunity and you just have to roll with it and you just have to work out well. Works out because, like, to actually stage a fake bank robbery, too much risk. Yeah, ridiculous. Not enough reward for the risk. And, like, 
especially knowing there's no way they could have predicted that he was going to cotton on and and then take the guns and then assume that they were all working together and then start ranting like a crazy lunatic about the conspiracy and they're all in it together and they're trying to steal my money. (laughs) Take a fucking breath. (laughs) Character acting. (laughs) Like, but like that was, it was their plan. Yeah. And they would have gotten away with it. Like, if it wasn't for those meddling kids. <laughs> Here's the thing. Hardison is good enough about covering their tracks. Yeah. They would have gotten away with it. Oh, yeah. It's kind of... 100%. Yeah. Oh, I do want to talk about the pizza guy. Okay. Imagine the pressure. Imagine <laughs> being that pizza guy. Oh, that's like, so funny. It's like a dozen and a half extremely specific pizzas and you know it's for a bank robbery where hostages That's are being so held at gunpoint. I, uh, a few years back, we had, like, a statewide power outage, right? Yeah. It was, like, multiple days. And so, like, the power network people were working overtime to try and fix it. Yeah. And so we were one of the only, like, where we are. Yeah. was one of the only places in the state that had power, and it's because it's, like, where the hospital is. Yeah. And so we kept getting calls at work. Because this is when I was working in food. And it was like, hi, we're placing, like, this order. It's going to be insane. We were taking, like, $750 orders. Like, it was like every, you know, every two hours we had another $700 order. Which is an... It, we Insane amount of food. Usually like, we would serve, like, a couple hundred customers and make $700. This was one order. Yeah. So it just, like, tripled the revenue. Yeah. And, um, like, knowing that we were, like, we had a time limit because we're like, okay... Not only is it like dinner rush on a Thursday, yeah, or a Friday or a Saturday or whatever, but we also have this like all of this extra. Normally, we would do a seven hundred dollar hour. Now yeah. we're doing a fourteen hundred dollar hour, but we have to make sure we get this food out at the exact time someone is going to be here to pick it up because they now have to deliver it to all of the people working the power yeah. grids, and so. And that's not exactly a hostage situation. Like, it yeah. was stressful because we were like, okay, time crunch. We're working at a million t- like times an hour with, like, normal staff, you know. But We've I had a similar imagine. situation with the fireys. Yeah. When we had the bushfires and that. Yeah. Because we were doing catering for, like, 60-odd fucking fireys. Yeah. It's like we have 60-odd meals that we have to produce. On top of your normal. On top of our normal... Stuff. And when you got bushfires, you got people displaced, so no one's in their homes, no one can cook. Cook. And, yeah. And, like, no one can do barbecues because fire bans. Yeah. yeah. So it's, like, we're having to produce – it ended up being, like, almost, yeah, $650, dollars order. Yeah. For, like, 60-odd firefighters. Yeah. And it's just, like – we had no warning. We had no... Like, yeah, exactly. And you're like, you have to like pump it out because like you don't know when they're going to get called off again. Yeah. Like, it's like when you have like an Ambo or someone yeah. come in and you're like, oh, I'll push your order to the front because like if you get a call, you're going to have to go. So yeah. I'm not going to make you sit here and wait for 30 minutes for your food no. if I can get you out in 10. But when you've got like these big orders, you're absolutely right. Like, I can't imagine being that pizza place and getting that call like, we need this. It's for a bank robbery. I would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Like, we both worked food service and just, Jesus Christ. During the statewide crisis. The, <laughs> just that that pizza dude, he looks so stressed. Like, you got, like, two two frames of him. Yeah. And he looks stressed as hell. I'm, I mean, same. Yeah. Like, dude, I understand you. I do want to talk a little bit about their technology in this episode. Okay. It's very 2008. 
Oh yeah, the fucking the flip fucking, phones. The yeah. flip phones and the video editing and like the oh yeah, that's oh the, my god. The hands are now there. Like no fucking way. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> and like the fucking like the sound effects and shit. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. good shit. Good. It hits all the nostalgia buttons for me. <laughs> like that is not how technology works no. in the slightest. Like I get Hardison's meant to be like a computer genius and like he's surely designed software and shit to do this sort of shit. He's still working within the capabilities of 2008. Yeah. Which I think is so funny. And I, look, I kind of hate them, but I kind of love them. Yeah. But I think it is important to just be like, look at that. Yeah. The part where he was, the part where he was editing the video footage was the only part where I was like, that's not feasible. (laughs) Like, the rest of the episode, it's, like, it's very clearly, like, oh, yeah, you, like, theoretically you could pull that off. But the actual video editing, yeah. I was, like, there is no fucking way. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you could do that. Like, you, there's certainly oh, you could, techniques and tools. But it would take a long, long time, especially in, like, the early And especially 2000s. considering they established that this is under 45 minutes. Like, this yeah, entire episode. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he's doing it, like, remotely via laptop with, yeah. like, I'm, like, mm. Like, imagine the money Hardison could have fucking made if he went into VFX. Oh, my God, right? He would be... I mean, I know he's already fucking rich, but, mm. like, imagine the money he could have made if he could have made... Yeah, that's the correct word. Um, but, no, imagine the money he could have made yeah. if he went into VFX. But I do think it is very funny, and I mm-hmm. love it with the everything I have in my being. Yeah, no, it's great. It's excellent. I will... I think it's very funny because, yeah, it's just like... Mm. It's the same thing as, like, Sam being like, ah, oh, this is my space. It's yeah. really <laughs> Like... It's aged. It's aged poorly. Yeah. But uh, like, which is hilarious. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. We can look back fondly on flip phones and... It doesn't and have and... the, like, the aged poorly quality that Supernatural has where it's like, oh, it's aged poorly, and you're saying that because it's, like, homophobic as fucking <laughs> shit. Yeah. Or, like, racist as hell. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... It's not the social concepts of leverage that have aged poorly. They've actually aged fantastically. Yeah. Uh, just the, like, technology has aged. And what are they going to do about that? That's okay. The, that's always the risk you run when you mm. do anything like that. Yeah. I can forgive it. It just hits nostalgia buttons for me. Nostalgia for what? Video editing when you were... <laughs> no, for flip phones. Oh, okay. And, like, laptops say. that look like fucking bricks. Yeah. And, like, having to go to the computer lab in primary school. Oh, my God, To use yes. the desktop. And the desktop was, like, fucking chunky as hell. And, like. Good old times. Do you remember uh, Numbers Up? Oh. With it was, like, the volcano and you had to do the maths. Yeah. And you're, like, going around racing the computer or whatever. I was very good at that shit. Mathletics. Ooh. What a time to be now alive. Now you're appealing to my little nerd heart. I was going to say, if you were uh, in an Australian primary school from, like, what? Circa 2005. Two, yeah, you were a fucking Numbers Up fan and a Mathletics fan and, God, what else was there? What was that typing game we had to do where it was, like, the little caveman kid who wrote Nemi? I don't remember that. I remember that, do but remember I don't the, remember the name. Yeah, neither do I, but that game was fun. I was bad at that. Fun. I was I, bad at typing. I was good at math. I was bad at typing. I I can type really quickly, but I have to look. Yeah. I can't... Like I, can I never touch, learned to touch type. I can only touch type if I am not thinking about it. Like, yeah. I, like, finish the sentence and go, oh, I, did, I, I didn't I did. look at the keyboard. That's fun. But if I'm trying not to look at the keyboard, it's an I issue. Fuck it up. Yeah. yeah. So I was really great at that game, but I was looking at the keyboard the whole time, <laughs> which is not the point. The point no. is you're not supposed to. I just read really fast and then remembered the, the sentence. Words. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Same here. 
Anyway, if anyone knows what fucking game we're talking about, where, like, basically you're this, like, kid and you're just having to learn to type and you're typing really fast and you're, like, riding various animals and other animals are chasing you and if you don't type fast enough, you die because the how fast you type... Dic- like dictates how fast your character runs. Yeah. And you're also only allowed a certain amount of mistakes. Yeah, or you get like penalized. Yeah. And there's like like you you hit like checkpoints. Like I feel like there was like a frog king at some point. It was a whole ass vibe. I'm pretty sure you ride an emu at, at one point as well. I have a pretty vivid vividly memory, remembering the emu. Yeah, or it might have been an ostrich depending on yeah. where anyway, point is you ride a big bird. Yeah. Uh anyway, if anyone knows what I'm talking about I would love to know the name of this game because it really... We might be able to Google it. Oh, maybe. Whoops out our phones simultaneously. <laughs> Look, we're showing the brain cell today. Um, Kualas? Is that what it's called? <gasps> wait, wait, wait. How do you spell it? K-E-W-A-L-A. Yes! <gasps> That's it! I was right. There's an ostrich. There's an ostrich? Look at him. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yes! This is the one! Oh, and the frog... It was Australia. That's right, because it's the map of Australia and you go around and it's the... Oh, so it is an emu. Oh, this was my childhood. Okay, well, now that I have revealed the name of your childhood typing game... Thank you, because that would have fucking haunted me. I would not have slept tonight. That would have kept me up. <laughs> I think I don't have any more points to make about this episode. I think it's a really fun episode. I really like it. Did you really like it? Oh, yeah. I Like I said at the top, I really did. Like... And like we said, it's it's hard to talk about the episodes that you like because there's less to kind of be like. There's discuss. less conversation. There's especially just like, oh, I love this. Yeah, I love that. Exactly. Too. And like, there wasn't like we got little character bits that were really fun, but there wasn't yeah. a lot of character like development yeah. as such. Yeah. So there's no like deeper conversations to have. But no, I love this episode. I think it was really good. This is probably the first episode that I would go back and rewatch, and like enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Of the episodes I've seen, this is the one that I would say, watch this episode, personally. Yeah. It's good. I like it. It's very fun. Yeah. I like it a lot. Okay. So, moving on from that, the next... Oh, I need to ask you what your rating of this week's episode is. Oh, I didn't even think about yeah. that. Okay. Well, without even having considered it, I think off the bat, I'm just going to give it a four. Like, it's it's yeah. really good. Like, I'm it's not going to... standalone. Gonna... You'd happily rewatch it. I would happily rewatch it. I'm not going to give it a... The only thing that prevents me from giving it, like, a 4.5 is because we don't really get a lot of character stuff. Yeah. And that is my jam. Like, yeah. that's the thing that I love about media analysis is characters and, like, getting to do a real deep dive. That is the only thing missing from this episode. And I, in saying that, I will say I think if they tried to shoehorn in any deep character development here, it would have yeah. felt weird. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad that they didn't. Mm. But that's that's my reasoning. I'm going to give it a solid 4 Oh, man, I'm not going to complain with a four. I was like... <laughs> and also, I think you've learned your lesson from watching me rate shit, where I rated some stuff way too highly at the beginning. That and I was like, there's no way to go up from mm. here. Like, yeah. So This is a good episode, but I'm not going to give away my, like, 4.5 or anything until, like, you know, there's an hit- episode where I'm like, oh, this slaps. Like, yeah. if I give out, like, a 4.5 or, or higher in the first season, I think I am... Probably. You need to be blown away by it. Yeah, and but yeah, yeah. I need to like watch this episode and be like, this is the best hour of television I have ever consumed. <laughs> Which yeah. I don't know if that leverage will do that for you. Yeah, because I I think it's really solid. I really love it. There, some of my favorite moments on TV are from Leverage, and it is of course my comfort show. The whole concept of this podcast, 
But uh, yeah, I I think there is a five-star episode somewhere in here for you, but I'm probably not going to be able to predict which one it is mm. simply because you watch TV for a very different purpose watch, than what I watch TV We for. consume media differently. But that kind of is a blessing because this would be a way weird, like a way more boring podcast if mm. we weren't as weird about it. <laughs> okay, so the next episode is called The Stork Job. Oh, you have been hyping this up the yeah. entire time. What do you think it's going to be at? Okay, so... It's one of my favourite episodes of the season, not going to Is it spelled... Because I haven't looked. Is it spelled S-T-O-R-K or S-T-A-L-K? Oh, it's like that. So I assume it is going to have something to do with infants. Okay. Because of the whole, like, yeah. the stork brings the baby. Yeah. And unless it's a zoo... Okay. Which I guess it could yeah. be. Like, it could be, like... Well, leverage is really, like, we can do whatever fucking setting we want. Yeah. Like, unless it's to do with the zoo. Yeah. But the fact that it's a stork specifically... Yeah. And, like, if you hear, or at least in my experience, if someone mentions a stork, yeah. the only time I have ever in my life outside of this episode title heard someone talk about a stork, it is because of the like old fable or whatever of yeah. the stork brings the baby. Yeah. So I'm imagining it will have something to do with kids. Yeah. Uh if we're talking about leverage and children, <laughs> it might be to do with like some kind of I want to say kidnapping ring, but that feels wrong because that's not the kind yeah. of crime that they're usually would no. like they're not out here looking to solve crime. They're yeah. looking to commit crime against shitty people. So I'm wondering if maybe I mean, I guess a kidnapping ring could still work in that context. Freeing the kids would obviously be, like, part of it, but... Yeah. Unless it's maybe to do with, um... You know how you can have, like, really immoral, like, surrogacy? Or, like, adoption? Like, obviously there are good so and legal ways to do surrogacy sort of and adoption, alternate but... sort of, like, adoption or surrogacy or parenthood roots well, other than traditional. You hear, sometimes you hear about, like, kids that are adopted, but it's, like, they weren't actually orphans. They were just kidnapped. Yeah. Like, and obviously those are, like, not that yeah. common and, like, generally speaking, like, adoption, great. Surrogacy, absolutely. Yeah. But there are certainly shady practices when it comes to those particular industries. Yeah. So that's, that's my thing. I think it has to do with infants or kids and then i think it would go either of those directions so either something to do with like adoption or surrogacy or maybe like a kidnapping ring which i guess yeah. could almost intersect or like even. child trafficking or something along that's, those lines that's what i'm thinking when i'm yeah. saying kidnapping ring yeah. yeah or like um like sweatshops that yeah. kind like where if they've got like kids yeah. uh working in sweatshops which yeah. like that i it has something to do with children being yeah. exploited i okay. think yeah yeah i can see how you'd come to that conclusion yeah <laughs> well, like I said, if, or a zoo. Or a zoo. Either, okay. either child labour or a zoo. Certainly the zookeepers <laughs> poisoning the stalks. Yeah, or maybe it's children being forced to work in a zoo. Okay, wow. Just hitting all the birds with one stone. <laughs> birds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I. you have no other predictions? I don't think. You're going to leave it on Leverage that? is hard to do predictions yeah. for in that instance because it's like there's no... We've talked about this a lot. But, like, the overarching themes are really clear, but the overarching character arcs are not. Mm. So it's hard to be like, oh, I think this will happen specifically because of this plot. That it's mm. like, no, because they're pretty self-contained. So And also, like, unlike Supernatural, Supernatural is sort of like, oh, well, it's going to have something to do with Supernatural. 
Yeah, you're I, like, well, it's got to be something to do with some sort of myth or creature or, or ghost, or, ghost or, yeah. or blah, 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 or like demon or whatever. And the overarching plot is usually pretty present. Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, Leverage is kind of just like, oh, yeah, well, what setting are we going to be doubling into? I'm like, yeah, it's like I get I get like five words to go from and two of them are always like the job, the job, the <laughs> and job. And then it's like two to three words in the middle, or in this case, one. one. So I'm basing my entire theory on, like... The word stalk. One social, like, one common phrase, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how we'll see how that pans out for me. Okay, well, that does it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to us this week. If you want to contact us at all, you can find us on social media. You can find Beth on Twitter at ThiefStillsPod. She really has an issue with their bloody, like, talking on the comms and acting like it it's normal. fucking annoys me every time. I'd probably just assume they have a Bluetooth headset in or something. So what is the weirdest conversation you have heard a stranger have? What Ooh. is the weirdest conversation you've overheard? Yeah, like, like sort of to the effect of, like, oh, my God, they were roommates. <laughs> like, what is the thing that you've overheard a stranger say that's, like, no context? Fucking hilarious. One time I was walking through a Woolies and there were these people walking towards me and all I heard was, like, like, yeah, lobsters, they're like crustaceans, right? <laughs> just like they were having like an argument and the other person was like, no. And like, that's all I heard of their entire conversation. It was like something about lobsters. And I was like, I really want to follow them and find out how that conversation ended. But yes, what is the weirdest fucking random overheard? Out of context. The other day I was listening to a podcast, uh... The Mixtape Book Club. Yeah. Uh, it's a supernatural fan fiction podcast. And I was listening to it in the backyard and my roommate came out to talk to me. And all she heard was, mm, yeah, so the subplot of the BDSM. And I had to hurriedly pause my <laughs> She has my no podcast. room to judge. Uh, she has no room to judge, but it was probably not what she expected to hear coming from my phone when she came out to see what I was doing while I was playing with my dog. Uh <laughs> Uh, yes, and if you would like to interact further with Jamie, you can always hit her up on Tumblr. She is over there at Thief Steals the Podcast. And we made a couple of jokes uh, this pod about the like piracy, it's a crime ad, which hopefully you all know what we're talking about. We're pretty sure it's like more global than just Australia, so I it's guess we'll YouTube find it. out. It's YouTube, it's YouTube, yeah. Um, it's peak early 2000s, it's hilarious. But point is, we got onto um, a tangent that we may have to come out because <laughs> yeah. it may not be relatable to literally anyone. Look, basically, the long and short of it is we would love to hear what are the, like, iconic ads from your childhoods. Yeah. Like, what are the ones where, like, to this day you hear the jingle and you can quote the full thing? Yeah. Or, like, it's, like, the meme that's within, like, your local community. Yeah. No, like, yeah, we want to know. Like, because we have this one local real estate agent. Oh, my God. Who, like, every time we went to the cinema, her ad just was playing. The bit where she's got the astronaut helmet on and she answers the phone and puts up the helmet and it's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking icon. Um, point is. <laughs> this is why she's businesswoman of the year. 2017. Point is, we would love to hear about your local ads. What What is the jingle that's in your brain? What, you know, what do you quote at your friends and everyone just gets it? Yeah. We'd love to know. Thank you so much for listening to us. We hope you join us again next week. Until We're having then. so much fun doing this. Yeah. Literally. We're hoping you're having fun too. Oh, Send God. us a movie back, please. Yes. We friends. <laughs> Be our friends, please. Please. Uh, yeah, all of the above.
Uh, anyway, so bye. Bye.